enter into the presence of the Lord. In God's presence. Sometimes we become undone. It just breaks our heart. You've never experienced that. I think it's got to be probably the greatest experience of my life is to be in the presence of God and worshiping with people that love Him like we did just that. And to be challenged to put our focus on Him. To be really challenged to say, let's not just sing songs. Let's worship God. Let's worship the King of Kings, the one that allows us into His very presence. Let's do away with all the distraction and come before Him. You know, last week I shared with you Psalm 42. It's a Psalm of David and how he navigated the D-slope of his life. Do you remember what the D-slope was? It was disappointment, discouragement, uh, disillusionment. Disappointment, disillusionment, discouragement, and despair. How do you navigate that? And I believe David navigated it in worship. He put his eyes on the Lord, not on circumstances, not on people, Not on anything else, but on God himself. And then God brought him into his presence, no matter where he was. And then he restored him. And he helped him to stand firm. Even in the midst of some of the most difficult things in his life. You see, David was a worshiper and it made all the difference in how he lived his life. And it's the same thing with you and I. As we worship the Lord, He makes all the difference in our life. As we place Him first, as we turn our eyes towards Him, there's something that happens inside us and in His presence that cannot be compared to anything else. There's a transformation that will happen in your life if you'll go there, if you'll go into His presence. You see, David was a worshiper. I want to look at Psalm 27 today just briefly. I'm not going to preach long because I want us to be in worship today. That's really what I want. I want us to be in worship around the communion table. I want us to be in worship even as we listen to this message today and even as we sing these next songs. Because I believe there's a longing in each of our hearts that can only be filled and only fulfilled in the presence of God. And he wants us there. Why worship? This is what David said, Psalm 27.1. The Lord's my light and he's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David in this time in his life has probably already been anointed king. He's already fought Goliath. And now he's on the run for his life because a jealous king, Saul, is coming after him. And what does he say here? The Lord will be my light. The Lord was my light. No, he says, the Lord is. Today, he's my light. Today, he's my salvation. And so David, when he's proclaiming who God is, he's putting it in the present tense, and he's owning it, and he's understanding it, and he's living it. 
That's what worship is. To understand who you're worshiping and to be in God's very presence. And David had a lot to fear. But in comparison, because if God was with him, then he asked this question. Well, it's a rhetorical question. Whom should I fear? No one. No one. Whom shall I be afraid? No one. You see, if the Lord's your light in the darkest of times, then you have his salvation. You have his very presence. This is what Jesus said. Jesus spoke to the people. He said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, Jesus was all about us finding him to be the light of our life when we're living in a dark world. So why worship? Why should we worship? I think because, first of all, God is worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy. That word worship means also to be worthy. And so we have to make a decision. Is God worthy of my my full attention and my full heart in adoration towards Him? Is He worthy of that? You know He is. But what would stop me from doing that? What would hinder me from really worshiping God? There's a lot of things that keep us from that. Sometimes we don't feel as though we're worthy enough that we can't come into God's presence because our life isn't perfect. Lord, you know the things of my life. You know what's going on in my life. You know how I blew it this week. You know how I've sinned. And so, how could I even come into your presence? And God has made a way for us to do that. It's through forgiveness. It's through confession. It's through coming before Him honestly. Because there's no way that we could be perfect enough or make ourselves presentable enough where God would accept us. There's just, you can't do it. I can't do it. And that's why He provides His grace. And so, our response to Him is, God... You're worthy. You're worthy. There's a story in the Old Testament. It's about a guy named King Jehoshaphat. I mean, he was in deep trouble. He had three armies that were coming against him, each army greater than his own army. And Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do. But he said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And he made it his prayer. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so he got everybody to pray and to worship and to seek God for the situation that was happening right then. Three armies against his. They wanted to annihilate, kill everybody, take all of everything that they owned. And Joshua was... Jehoshaphat was in this situation. And so he got people to pray. And then God spoke to him. And as they were worshiping, God spoke to him. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. They said, okay, we've got to go out to battle. But I don't want to go out to battle like we usually do with the best soldiers out front. I want to send the worshipers out first. I want to get the people that, the, the uh, sons of Korah, 
and the singers and the musicians that usually are at the temple, and I want to put them at the front, and they're going to lead worship. So we're going to march out with our praise worship first. And so that's what they did. Singing to the Lord and praising Him for His holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithfulness endures forever. Here they are marching out to face an army three times larger than them. And they're going out worshiping. A lot of times the excuse we have for not worshiping is, God hasn't done enough for me yet. I'm still waiting on Him to come through with this thing, with this thing, with that thing. And when he does, then I'll worship him. But we've got it all wrong. You know, he's been watching over our lives. He's had our lives in his hand the whole time. And he just wants us to respond in love and worship. I've got six grandkids. You know what I love? When they come up to me and they just go, Grandpa, pick me up. Yeah, I love that. What did... Get away from No, I pick them up. It's the same thing when we're with God. He, we just say, Lord, I need you. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. God loves that type of response. He loves that response when we turn to Him. Well, you know what happened... At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. They never even had to fight. The foreign armies started fighting with each other. They annihilated each other. And God brought a great deliverance that day. Why? Because... Jehoshaphat chose to listen to what God was saying, chose to put God first, chose to put his eyes on the Lord and worship him. There's something that happens in worship that can happen to us. us. Worship, worship helps us to enter into God's presence in the midst of times of turmoil, doubt, stress, and calamity. It's where we find hope and confidence in him. You see, when we are worshiping, when we acknowledge who God is and we begin to praise Him and worship Him, even in the midst of our turmoil, it's called the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, which brings Him honor and glory. That's what the book of Hebrews says. And there's something that happens inside us when we do that. God doesn't need our worship. He's not somebody that is insecure and just wanting people to praise Him and acknowledge and affirm Him. No, no. He knows that worship is what we were created to do. And if we're not worshiping Him, we're going to worship something or someone else. Because you're created to worship. You're created to love. You're created to adore. Now, sometimes we get that twisted out, and we, it's, turns, love turns into lust. Or... Things turn into covetousness and want, and it's all about us, but we're created to worship. We are created to worship, and God wants us to worship Him, even when things are going difficult. This is what David said in that psalm. He says, when the wicked advance against me to devour me, 
It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. So there's something that happened in David as a worshiper. He had confidence to face the trials that were coming up in his life. Same thing as Jehoshaphat did. We can be confident in God. You know what worship is? Uh, A.W. Tozer said, worship is like faith. Faith is the gaze of the soul upon God. It's when we really focus on God and we begin to gaze at Him. Gaze means to just be in wonder, be in awe of Him. You know, and as we were seeing this morning, there were times when, and I, I thank God for Jeff and the worship team, that challenged us to gaze on the Lord. Not just to sing songs, but to really gaze and worship Him. This is what David did. And when he did it, things happened in his life and around him. This is what he says. He made it a priority in his life. One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek. The only thing I'm seeking is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Now David wasn't even near the temple at that time. He was running for his life. He couldn't even go into Jerusalem. If he did, he'd be killed. So he just found wherever he was, he worshipped the Lord. But he longed for that time when he could be with all of God's people worshipping. The King of kings and Lord of lords. That's why sometimes, sometimes the attitude that we have when we come into the house of the Lord is, it's nowhere near, our focus is nowhere near on the things of God. And so we need to reorientate ourselves. Remember we talked about reorientating our soul? We need to, to focus We need to take attention off ourselves, off our problems, off the situations, and reverse them and put them on God alone. And in that moment, there's things that happen in our lives. We worship Him. David said in another psalm, he said, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you, and I'll praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I'll lift up my hands. In your name, I'll say, God, you've got it all. Take it all. And really, the sign of raising your hands is a sign of surrender. It's saying, God, I give it all to you. You know, God provides a way for us to come into his presence. Why? Because of what Jesus did. So, of course, we, each one of us, we may have a standard of what we think true spirituality is, right? And we're not measuring up to that standard. But I want to tell you, there is grace that bridges the gap. There's forgiveness that bridges the gap for each of us. And this is what Paul said, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into his grace 
in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So what the Apostle Paul is saying, I just worship the Lord. Why? Because of His grace. Because of His mercy. Because in Jesus Christ, He's made up the difference for my shortcomings and my sin and my failure. And He's allowed me to stand in His presence. Not not just bow down as somebody that uh, needs and deserves punishment. But no, He allows me just to bow down and also to stand up and boast in the glory of God. And worship always points... To God, His glory, who He is, what He's done. So let's approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Worship brings us into the presence of God so that we can have our needs met in Him. But sometimes the thing you think is your need, there's something much deeper that God wants to do in your life then just answer that specific prayer. He wants to change something inside of us. See, when we worship, we're reminded that our focus is on God and His grace towards us. That's why in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says this, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. So he's saying we go into God's presence And then we contemplate, we think about God's glory. And when we do that, we're being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. So we're looking at God's glory. He's shining His glory down at us. And then it's transforming something inside us. And that word transformation or transforming is the same word metamorphosis. It's that biological term we learn in biology 101 or ninth grade biology. It changes the caterpillar into the butterfly. It's a miraculous change that takes place. And it comes from the Lord who is the Holy Spirit. He does that work in us. I remember one of the first times somebody introduced me to worshiping God and really coming before Him. I was only 18, 19 years old. And there was this movement, that was the Jesus movement back in the 70s. I'll tell you, that's how old I am. But there was a new song. People were writing new songs, and they, were all, they weren't the old hymns. And we started to sing those songs. And uh, at one of those concerts, that's where I met the Lord, but then I went back home about 90 miles back to Buffalo. And I found a church, and there was young people. There was about 10 or 15 young people in the youth group. One of them was my girlfriend, Lori, who became my girlfriend there at the youth group. And she had, <laughs> she had a basement that was empty, and they emptied everything out of the basement, and they said, why don't we have a Monday night meeting, just young people? You have to be 12 to 19 years of age. You can come. We let adults come too if they wanted to, but no adults wanted to come. And we said, the only thing we're going to do is worship God for one hour or even longer if we can. 
We're not going to ask God for anything. We're just going to behold His glory and worship Him. And I want to tell you, that place was shaken. It wasn't the music that was so good. We had no amplifiers. It was all acoustical. We had one guy on a guitar, but we had everybody worshiping the Lord, young people, for the very first time, lifting their hands, their hearts to the Lord. You know, some people didn't lift their hands, but most people did. And they just sang out. And they found the love that they were missing in their life. It was God. And as they worship, people's lives became changed. About of those 35 people, 15 became missionaries and pastors. The other 15 or 20 or so went on to careers serving God in their churches and are still following the Lord. I still keep in touch with them. Why? What happened? Being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory because the Holy Spirit worked and moved. He does the same thing today. I've seen Him do it the same thing today. As we come before Him, we just bow before Him, lay everything before Him, and give it up to God. Why worship? It helps us to focus upon the beauty and the glory of the Lord. And when we do this, He transforms us. A.W. Tozer said this, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the Word of God, that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Amen? Anybody that's bored and turned off by being in the presence of God, you're not ready for heaven. Because that's going to be beauty in there. We get a taste of it here on earth. We get a taste of it when we gather together as a church and we worship the Lord. Or when we go back home. Maybe it'll be a snow day tomorrow. Amen. But wouldn't it be great if you took 10 or 15 or 20 minutes or one hour and worshiped the Lord during that snow day? You don't have anything else to do? Just take some time and worship the Lord. Call up Jeff, tell him to come down to your house, lead you in worship. Now, you can just worship the Lord wherever you are. You don't have to play guitar. You just have to be honest and open before the Lord. You can even turn on a CD or uh, music, digital music, and just worship the Lord. Why worship? God commanded us to do it. He knows it's good for us to behold His glory. And when we focus upon the beauty of the Lord, He transforms us. Worship helps us to enter into God's presence in the midst of trouble, turmoil, stress, calamity. We find Him to be our hope and our confidence. And why should we worship? Because the Lord, He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. David doesn't, I'm not even reading this whole psalm, but Psalm 27, verse 5 and 6 says this, For in the day of trouble, trouble, He'll keep me safe in His dwelling. He'll hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent. And He'll set me upon a rock. You see, David, he got picked up. 
from that pit he was in and God put him on a rock. And that rock was God himself. Then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I'll sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Amen. Are you ready to worship? Amen. Father, we ask that today, Lord, that you would turn our hearts towards you, that we would behold and gaze at your glory, that we would, Lord, be, be focused upon you. Lord, there's people here, even in this church today, they don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. And if our eyes are upon you, then what you did with Jehoshaphat, what you did with David in lifting him out of the pit and defeating enemies that were surrounding him, you're able to do today, even as we worship you. So have your way today, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name.